travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the pop culture. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. The lingo. 30 inches of thigh slapping, blood pumping, nuclear brain damage. And the love. Casey, could you please play Waiting for a Girl Like You? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we have a special interview with the band Berlin, recorded live on the 2020 voyage of the 80s cruise. <laughs> I am the monarch of the sea. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. finally back on dry land after the 80s cruise and we were fortunate enough to record two great interviews while we were at sea on the explorer of the seas we talked to jesse's girl the new york-based 80s tribute band that's they've been on every 80s cruise so far and they'll be on the next two or three i think they're, they're already pre-booked and we talked to the full cast of the band berlin who were playing their fourth 80s cruise this year Berlin's been a fun band to watch over the last five to ten years because, you know, so many 80s bands are down to maybe one member, two original members that are still with the act. But Berlin has been pulling people back into the lineup. I remember seeing them probably a decade ago, and it was just Terry Nunn. But now, these days, we've got Terry Nunn, and she's been rejoined by guitarist Dave Diamond and the founder of the band, John Crawford, the John Crawford, Steve. (laughs) The John Crawford? Uh, It's an inside joke, folks. You're just not going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it's a long walk and it's not that funny with the three original members of the band is a cast of amazing musicians as well including uh bassist carlton boast uh keyboardist dave schultz and a brand new drummer paloma estevez and we had a really good time talking to them great chat in front of a live audience asking them about the us festival their latest album and of course we asked them the infamous podcast time machine question after the interview, we'll be back to talk a little bit more about the cruise, about the Berlin show. We'll have the 2021 lineup for the cruise along with a special promo code. And of course, we'll do a few seggies. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy this conversation with our 80s heroes. It's our chat with Berlin. First question is actually for the audience. Who was here in 2017 and saw Berlin's first show on the ship that night? Wasn't that the most amazing experience ever? Easily among the top three or four performances ever on the ship. I have to ask you, and I, I'm always curious when we meet a band that's playing on the 80s cruise. At some point in time, your manager came to you and said, there's an 80s cruise. <laughs> Would you like to play on it? And I'm just kind of curious what your first impression was of the idea that there's a ship heading out to the Caribbean called the 80s cruise. My first thought, honestly, was... I want to impress these people. 
I'm bringing the A game to this. What is the downside? My whole band and crew and all of our loved ones get to come on a cruise. They get a free vacation and we get to play with people who love music like all of you, you know? I mean, this is just a no-brainer. I really wanted them to like us and thank God they did. <laughs> Were you surprised by the reception you got that night? Yes. That place blew the roof off the ship that night. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people were surprised that night to hear two covers and the set. Highway to Hell. Oh. My. <laughs> God. I, that boat hasn't recovered. I think they had to go tighten the bolts on that thing after that. But I'm, I'm curious, are there other songs that, uh, that you would like to cover? That, are there other artists you'd like to cover? Well, you'll hear a couple more in this show. Breaking news from yeah. the hard-hitting Stuck in the 80s interview team. Yeah. yeah, I love covers because whenever a band or artist does a cover, it's because we love that song. And that's the only reason to put that much work into, you know, a cover of it. So I... I try and fit in as many as I can. And people are like, come on, you got to do Berlin songs. But I just, you know, there's so many bands and, and artists, right? That, do you have, you don't have a mic. I gave him Am I speaking for him? He, he, he told me not, he didn't want to talk. I said, you just love music so much. This. I'm always hogging the conversation. Anyway, so yeah, I love covers. I love doing other, other people's stuff because all of us grew up with this music and it's just such an honor to get to play it and sing it and do a version of it and honor it that way. I love doing covers that surprise the audience. Like People would never think that this band would do Highway to Hell. Hopefully it will surprise some more people. I'm curious, I mean, those, those bands in particular, were, some of, were those some of the bands that turned you on when you were first getting into music? Was it ACDC? Was it Jefferson Airplane? Or who, who were the bands that you first saw that said, that told you, I want to do this for a living? For me, easy, Aerosmith, Elton John, and David Bowie. Yeah, three great picks. I'd love to hear from each one of you, like, which bands there were. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm a weird guy. Devo, Todd Rundgren, Peter Gabriel, and ACDC, believe it or not. <laughs> Mine would have to be uh, Zeppelin, Dave Matthews, and 311. A little bit later. Wow. Uh, Sex Pistols, The Clash, and the New York Dolls. <laughs> that was the best answer. Carlton? Uh, well, the first like, band that got me into playing guitar was Rat, because I was a big Born Martini fan. These and, kids. Um, you know, but the first song I ever remember really getting into was Hollow Notes' song, Private Eyes. You, you look like dude. a Hollow Notes guy. It's awesome. <laughs> Who would have thought? I was like six at the time, I think. <laughs> That's fair enough. <laughs> I can't unhear that. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> is, this, is this a giveaway? Is what the cover's going to be? We're going to hear uh, Private Eyes later this week. Is I'm going to play it tomorrow night. <laughs> we'll clap along. I don't, I don't see Terry doing that. <laughs> I don't see, see the word. You didn't see me doing Highway to Hell either. <laughs> fair. fair enough. You've been on more 80s cruises than anybody except for Jesse's Girl. I'm just kind of curious. Favorite onstage or maybe preferably offstage moments that you remember from the last four years? Ooh, uh, who saw Sheila E. last year? Wow. Yeah. 
Wow, that one blew my mind. Yeah. That was a great show. I was actually amazed. I walked in to see Billy Ocean because I had nothing better to do, and I was transfixed. <laughs> I thought, this man is the absolute, just consummate performer. He was just fantastic. Yeah. I'm with her on Sheely, for sure. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Amazing band. Mine probably would be Sheila E if I were here, but this is my first <laughs> And you're a drummer. <laughs> I've never seen her. That would be amazing. Um, this is my first cruise, so thanks for having me. This is Paloma, by the way. She rocks. I'm going to sound like a brown noser, but it's hanging out with you guys is my favorite part. Aww. He's not a brown noser either, ever. I, I mean, our first 10 years together, I got maybe five compliments from him. The whole time. But he's, he's made up for it in spades. He's just a kinder, gentler man. And, you know, being a parent gets you there a lot. And getting kicked in the teeth of life gets you there. And you are an amazing man, Mr. Crawford. Aww. Thank you for comforting him, Paloma. Can I ask you a quick follow-up there, though? So you, you mentioned this is your first cruise, and Steve and I are both curious. What did the band tell you to prepare you for the madness that you are now engaged in? Unfortunately, not the seasickness part. But <laughs> no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. They told me it would be a little crazy, but fun. Mostly fun, first and foremost. So, yeah, definitely. Fun was the most important part. And it's her first cruise. Period. This is going to ruin you for cruising. <laughs> it's the bumpiest one, too, so good, good first cruise. <laughs> How many people out there used to watch the VH1 uh, series called Bands Reunited? So back in 2004, they had an episode on Berlin. And for some reason, I'm obsessed with that episode, and I'm obsessed with the series. And I thought it was very interesting that the way they sort of seemingly ambush you all at work... That can't be the way that it was planned to be. Surely you, they came to you ahead of time and they say, hey, we want you to be on the show. We're going to show up sometime in the next two to three days and look surprised and we're going to talk you into reforming. But, you know, wink, wink, you've already agreed to do that, right? I mean, kind of let us in the back door and let us know how that kind of... Yeah, they, they let me know that they were coming at a certain time. Would I be okay with that? And they also asked if uh, John would do it. And that I didn't know. I said, I, I doubt it. I don't think so. Because John and I hadn't talked for seven years at that point. So I didn't know. I didn't think they would get him. That's as far as they let me know what they were doing. Now, you were still fronting the band at that point. But John and Dave, you had two very different careers at that point. I wonder if you'd let us know what you were doing back then. Because I, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I was uh, directing global marketing for a Swiss software company for almost, well, for a German company, then a Swiss software company, almost two decades. So I was completely out of music. I didn't do anything for all that time. Wow. I owned a franchise company called Mad Science. We go into elementary, I still own it, and we go into elementary schools and teach after school classes. You looked very different then, too, than you do today. You had sort of a John Hughes look. Better or worse? What you no, no. Just, uh, <laughs> you, you looked like you owned a, an educational company then. You look like you're a member of Berlin now. 
Well, that's funny because <laughs> when I first came to see Berlin again I'd, and I'd go up on stage, it felt very wrong. Wrong hair, wrong clothes, wrong attitude, wrong everything. It was very difficult for me at first. So yeah. now I can do this. <laughs> it makes me feel a lot safer. <laughs> I can't do that. Was that the moment, too, that kind of got your minds in gear that, hey, maybe we could make this work again full time? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It, but it, the, the amazing thing about it was they really did reunite John and me. I mean, it was, I, I missed him. I'm, I wanted to thank him for the amazing music and life he created for me and my family he he helped to put my kids through college you know through school and 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 to not speak it just wasn't worth it anymore you know it's just all that shit doesn't matter what matters is the love that we share going through it and the ups and downs don't matter and so it was so great for me to reunite with him and and be able to talk again and be friends again and love each other again. <sighs> take that one. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the follow up. Usually people make me cry. That's my shtick. At some point, I mean, obviously the first cruise, we see Dave Diamond come back, and that was a magical performance. And there was this undeniable chemistry on stage. You've been able to sustain it. You look like that was the best night of your life that night, I remember. You know, it... It's just different now than it was back in the 80s for us when we're doing this. It's, it's, back then, it was like we had something. We, we were trying to prove something. We were trying to sustain something. We were afraid of every move we did because we thought it might not be cool. And now we don't try to be cool. We just, like, you know, just try to get up there and do it. And uh, within the band, it feels better than it ever felt before. And then with the audience, you know, that line between the audience and the band is blurred now. So we get to hang out with people. We have people that we remember over and over again from year after year, venue after venue. Thanks to all of you who not only show up here year after year, but show up to our other shows. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, so it's just, it's just different. So it, it's tough getting back to your, your specific question, the best night of my life. This to me is the best period of Berlin as far as having a good time. So it all kind of started back then and it's just continued to get better and better. So speaking of now, new album out last year, Transcendence, who had the idea to record new music? What made you decide to like tour the hits? People love the hits. Why new music now? Because it keeps it fresh. Okay. And we, that's what we do, you know? David, John, and I, and, and Dave, of course, contributing the amazing keyboard stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's just what we do. And we don't want to stop because it's fun. Yeah. How's the process different now than it was in the 80s? Uh, Just even the nuts and bolts of the recording process. How's it different? I'll take this. So, I mean, this kind of addresses your your question before. I remember on a phone call with John and I talking about, like, do you want to, like, try to do something again? Maybe come up with some stuff. And 
and, and kind of thinking like, do you know how to do that anymore? And I was like, no, I don't know. It's different now. They Cut use computers and stuff. And, <laughs> and it's, and so I was like, remember getting on, I said, well, I'll do some research on the internet and I'll see if I can figure out how things are done now. It really, that was where we started getting back into this. And, um, and, but the, the crazy thing was as soon as we got over that part, um, it just happened. It just flowed. It was like Berlin was right back where we left off. There was, it just, it felt like us again and it felt natural again. And then, uh, we, uh, yeah, it just, th- that sort of evolved into what transcendence became, but it was, it was a learning experience without question for us. And I think for those who were working on the album with us, who had been current in music, listening to the two of us, just going, where have they been? Like, they, it's like, the, like, what rock did they just crawl out of? We don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, but. What's it like for you? <laughs> What's it like for you, John? What's it like for me recording? It, writing music doesn't stop for me. So it, what changed... The, okay, music is magical when it works, right? We can't, no one could define it or figure out a way to write a book about it. It's never going to happen because no one knows why. You record it, you do it, and if, it were, if something magical happens, you go, how'd that happen? And you, yeah. you know, we know we can't repeat it, but we don't know why. Yeah. It's like you hear a song, something magical happened, and yeah. you just go like that. And yeah. when the three of us put these, all of these get together and do it, something magical happens. And it's a combination of, the, of what the three of us do that bring that magic, and we can't explain it. Uh, <laughs> And we don't even try anymore. We just enjoy it. So it's like we get together, make music, and some of it sucks. But once in a while we go, oh, that was magical. That was cool. And that's the thing that we've always had, which is great. Speaking of the three of you, let me take you back to May 1983. And how many people remember the US Festival? Okay. Anybody here at the US Festival? Oh, there we go. We actually had a couple people there. You were playing in front of over 100,000 people. What memories do you have? I mean, I have like five hours worth of questions on this. I really do. I'm obsessed. I know, because it was an event that will never happen again. It's just one of those in your life where no matter how successful or not you are, that is a gift from God. You know, whatever your God is. That was wow. I mean, that day we got to play, you too, Bowie. Stevie Nicks, Joe Walsh, The Pretenders. I mean, these are all in one day. You know, it was just one of the, still, and will always be one of the greatest days of my entire life. You know, Steve Wozniak wanted to throw a party. (laughs) He lost nine million doing it and didn't care because he wanted to throw this party. And He's just such an amazing man and loves music so much that he put this together. <laughs> we all got to enjoy it, you know? How, how do you take the stage? What do you look at when you're looking at a crowd of 100,000 people? Like, what, what is your focal point? It literally, it, it, they went over the horizon. There was no way to see the end of them. Yeah. It literally was that long because it was just dirt. It's now the, the Hyundai Pavilion in, in Los Angeles in that, in that area. But, but then it was just dirt, and, and they put all this stuff there, and then all these people just kept going. Do you remember? I mean, you could not see the end of them. 
What were you? Th- I mean, when you took the stage and you look out over that, what was? What were the first thoughts that went through your head, other than "Holy shit"? I wanted to run. I was scared to death. <laughs> that was the for me the what? only set we've yeah. to this day the only show we've ever done where I've been nervous from the beginning to the very end of it. It was just it. The whole thing was just it was just frightening. It was because what you're saying, like you in most venues, even the larger venues, you can at least see faces in the first 20 or so rows. Yeah, you just couldn't there. It was just it was such a blur. And the whole thing was so big. The staging was enormous. As Terry mentioned, the the people that were going to take that stage later that day was just like, oh, my gosh, Bowie will be on this stage later today. Like it meant much, much later. But and that was actually for me when you mentioned the kind of the interesting things about that show. If you look online for a T-shirt or a photograph of the 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 lineup of that, look at the order of the bands from that day versus fast forwarding to now. How things have shifted, like bands that were like low on there that are just mega legends now, and yeah. bands that were higher there that were like, whatever happened to them? They're gone now. It's amazing to look at like like especially for me, I think about how low U two was on the lineup that day. It's a, it's incredible. The, well, that was uh, pre-Unforgettable Fire, so yeah, would have been about the time of Under a Blood Red Sky. Do you even remember the songs that you played? I know what they are. I know you played six you songs. Really? You remember the set? Really? I have looked it up. You looked it up? <laughs> What'd we play? Open with Masquerade. That sounds right. The Metro. Oh, that one, too. Pictures of You. No. Touch. Yep. Tell Me Why. And they always crowd pleaser sex. Those we, are, don't, we don't do any of those songs. So we got like a half an hour. You got about a half an hour. <laughs> well, yeah. What was the first thing you did when you got off stage? Oh my God. <laughs> do you remember? I don't even remember you, it. I don't know either. It was a daze. I mean, God. It would... Yeah. I have a yeah. question. Were you, you were there for the whole thing? I wasn't there. Uh, I watched it on television, every, guys, every second of it. Funny story, this is my biggest memory of it. Do you, do you remember, any of you guys used to watch CU2 back in the day when Bono used to try to get that white flag up on yeah. top? He, he was climbing, this is my biggest memory, he, was, he got into the scaffolding of the stage and he was trying to carry his white flag up for Sunday Bloody Sunday. He couldn't make it to the, t- he was literally climbing around trying to get up there for 20 minutes. And I was sitting there watching him, hoping he could find a way up there. He went from left to right back to left, to middle, up, across, and he finally got up to the top, but it was pretty trippy to watch. I guess Steve doesn't have five hours of uh, festival questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to help, Steve. So we do a thing on the podcast called the Podcast Time Machine. If we were to build such a time machine, we would give you a seat on this time machine, and you could go back. What would you use that seat to either go back and change or go back and see... Where would you go in time and, and for what purpose? Okay, Carlton. Hold on. I need a moment to think about that. <laughs> okay, who's got an answer? i got to think about that, too. Wow. I have an answer. Anywhere in time. A- anywhere in time. Anywhere in time. I, if you want to go and unbreak up with somebody or if you want to go and insult so some junior high teacher. So you could change time? Like you could sure, do something why not? different. We're not talking butterfly effect crap here. No. <laughs> I would go back to 1985 and I would not quit Berlin. And, and and the reason I say that is because I felt like my leaving was a, a really bad distraction at a time in the band's career when it did not need a distraction. We just needed to keep pushing forward. And I feel kind of like I screwed things up. 
by leaving. So I would not have done that again. Because basically, you all fell apart after me. I mean, granted, you had a number one hit, but then you fell apart. It's just been one number one, right? Just one number one. How many number ones do you have, Steve? Yeah, me too. Who's got an answer? I'm thinking you got Okay. No, no, it's a it's an easy question. answer, for example. Oh, that's a hard question. That's a good idea. That's a hard question. No, no, no. I'm not here to talk about myself. What would I do? Hmm. My wife is in the audience. Keep that in mind. Hmm. Dave's got one. When I got hired to play with the Goo Goo Dolls for the first time, I had been playing in front of 50 people in a shitty bar in Buffalo, New York, and then I got a call, and I was really depressed because I had to get a computer job and wear a horrible suit, which was so not me. And then they said, can you play with us opening for the Stones this weekend? I said, um, yeah, I'll do that. So I quit my job. <laughs> Boss, who'd been training me two weeks, says, I totally get it. <laughs> so I, I went to... Uh, the Fleet Center in Boston opened for the Stones, and I was backstage. A weird, weird, strange moment where there was nobody backstage for like a minute. Keith Richards walks in and goes, Hey, mate, you know where the bathroom is, mate? <laughs> he does that to all the green guys, apparently, just to freak them out. And I go, uh, I think it's over there, man. <laughs> that was my best moment in my entire life. <laughs> and I pointed the right direction. It was actually over there. And he goes, Thanks, mate. Right then. That was it. Okay, John and Paloma, you've had your time to think about it. I mean, I have a very, it's probably not a crowd pleaser, but the only thing I thought of that first came to my mind is I would see one of my favorite bands also is Pantera, and I really wish I had seen them before Dimebag got shot, so that's something that I would do. I don't know if there's any Pantera fans out there, but yeah, I thought so. (laughs) One. (laughs) It's always him. It's always Augie. No idea. This, wow, time machine idea. It makes me, unfortunately, it makes me think of personal things, so I, I can't think of anything. Wow. I'm not a regret person. I don't, I can't hang with regret. That's too deep a hole to, to, to delve into, so I never let myself go there. Um, wow. I got one. You want to go? I, I can't believe this is so difficult for you people. <laughs> I've got one for each of you. Oh, go, go, go. Help me out. Take it, brother. Take it, brother. I thought of music stuff, but honestly, I would go back to the last time I saw my dad because I didn't know it was the last time I was going to see him and hug him. And tell him I'm sorry. And I love him. That would mean a lot to me. Wow. Today on Terry Nunn Makes Brad Cry. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no, that was, I asked the question. Woo. Carlton's not off the hook. Carlton, what do you got for us? On a personal one, I would be like you. I, like the last time I saw my mom, I'd wish I could go back and know that that was the last time I saw her say all that good stuff yeah. on a less personal one I wish that I had paid more t- more attention to Bowie when I the one chance I got to see him live 
I saw the show where uh, the tour where Nice Nails was opening up for Bowie on the outside oh, tour. Yeah, I saw that one. Made the mistake of doing acid before going to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nails was amazing. The transition into Bowie was amazing. I don't remember a whole lot after that. <laughs> and now I'm bummed about that. <laughs> That's fair. Every year, ECP has to get in a room and come up with a lineup of artists to, to please 2,000 people and uh, to indulge our childhood fantasies of seeing our heroes again play live and be able to talk to them and sit on the stage with them. I'm kind of curious, put you on the spot. Each one of your own, what would be your individual dream lineup for a music cruise? Five bands. Five bands. You can pick five bands. Money is no option. Is death an option? They can, they can be dead. We will bring them back for you, Dave. We, we played with some bands that I thought might not be living. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is, involves math. Math is not easy for me. Okay, just off the top of my head, because there's 50,000 bands I love for different reasons and artists. Heart, Jefferson Airplane, With Grace, Slick. Fleetwood Mac, David Bowie, and Queen. Wow. <laughs> Pretty amazing. I'm up to four, and I keep getting my, I'm losing my place. Don't think too hard, because you change it tomorrow. Just reel them off. It's got to be Bowie. It's got to be T-Rex. It's got to be Aerosmith. It's got to be Elton John. And it's got to be Berlin, because I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> Uh, Dave's choices. Uh, Bowie, again, Devo, XTC, Beethoven, maybe Bach. Get him on there. Ooh, old school. Throwing some ACDC to balance it out. I'm good. <laughs> okay, Paloma. Oh my God. Do I say Bowie? Yeah, you can say that, Bowie yeah. if you want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Berlin, obviously, number one. David stole my answer. He read my mind. And I don't know. I mean, a million other bands I would let. Queen, that would be insane. U2, that would be nuts. That's three. Okay, thank you. Just keep count. ACDC would be amazing. And uh, I don't know if I'm going 80s, maybe Aerosmith. That would be really cool. No, yeah. five, five good I go to that show. Made it. <laughs> okay, John. I'm going to sound pretentious if you don't mind. Um, <laughs> Gang of Four would be first, the yeah. best live band I ever saw. Uh, New York Dolls, again, they were hilarious. Um, Ultravox. Yeah. Oh, good yeah. pick. My, my heroes. Prince, and somehow, are you allowed to say the Beatles in the? Yeah, yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Carlton, you're up. He was on acid that day. <laughs> the Doors, Grateful Dead, Fish. Don't say Fish. <laughs> Daryl would be like Fish, 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 and then Fish. Our tour manager loves Fish. Oh, man. The band, I, I think, well, Bowie's a given. I think we all said that. Probably Tori Amos. All right. Uh, wow. Nails. Nice Nails. Yeah, Nice Nails. Skinny Puppy while we're on the industrial tip. <laughs> Depeche Mode. All right. And Berlin, yeah. That's six. <laughs> but we got in under the wire. Yeah, that's it. 
The uh, the total uh, cabin rate for that cruise will be five point six million dollars. <laughs> we are taking deposits out back. <laughs> Hey, everyone, give a round of applause to Berlin, and we can't wait to see him later on the cruise. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. So there you go. There's our interview with Berlin. It was a fun interview. I mean, there are a couple teary moments there. Oh, I mean, I, I walked off the stage. It, I was just in a daze. I walked up to my friend Dean, who I went to high school with in Oklahoma, and I looked him in the eye, and I'm like, "Tell me, you just saw that happen?" <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you you weren't. It's you know, I realize podcasting is an audio medium, so you didn't see the way that the stage was set up. But we were kind of we were short a chair, and when we in, we invited them out, it was. We were standing up, and they came out, and they kind of started sitting in chairs, and then ended up Steve was standing off to one side, and I ended up sitting in between the band. I was like in the band for a second there, and before before we started recording for the interview, I was like, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the new member of Berlin." <laughs> that's what it looked like. I, was, I had Terry on one side and Carlton on the other, and I'm like, "Okay, is this really happening? Like, what the actual fuck is going on here?" <laughs> I, I was more comfortable, to be honest, standing off to the side, even though I know it made for lousy photos, and half the time they're oh, sta- staring the up at me. photos look great. It looks like I'm interviewing Berlin. Right. <laughs> but I just, I, for some reason, it helped me to be off to the side where I could look at my notes and focus on the, my next thought without having, you know, Terry, like, <laughs> literally touching me, which I would have loved, but Gazing longingly into your eyes. Yes. That, well, okay. I might be, I might be, you know, reading a little bit more into that. Yeah, but, but I, I thought it was interesting that you asked about, you know, any surprises from them for cover songs in 2020, and they they did surprise us with their set. Yeah, they really did mix up the set this year. They had not one, not two, but three. Co- well, actually, no, four. They did four covers, three new covers that we hadn't heard, and then the. You know, becoming a chestnut classic, Highway to Hell. Right. But uh, they just because she teased it and then like, well, you'll have to see. We'll just go ahead and tell you because that's the nice kind of people we are. Uh, they covered Bang a Gong by T-Rex. They covered Seashell. I can't even say it. She, she, heh, she Sells Sanctuary. Seashells Sanctuary by Shakosh. <laughs> Sorry. I need to get. I need to sign up for those diction lessons while I'm stuck here at home. And then the one that just I mentioned in the last podcast just had me just weeping. They did a cover of Drive by the Cars. Yeah. And, oh, I, just, I just came apart. Oh. No, great performance. I, 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 I mean, everything about it. And I've seen them now five times. And this was one of the more, you know, poignant performances. Yeah, I really think they re-energized the fan base, if you will, with that set. Because, you know, I kind of felt like we were getting the set. I'm like, yeah, they're going to do this song. They're going to do that song. And they just they mixed it all up, and it was fresh. And it really did feel fresh. I got to tell you the other thing that really surprised me. Or, or uh, surprise isn't the right word. But pleased me, I guess. Well, that's not the right word either. I, I'm not – no use words well today is, is the bottom line. But – It's too sultry. <laughs> when I – I've never really had a chance to talk to John Crawford, and I've always been interested in his story and his journey. And he had some of the most interesting answers, I thought, to our questions. They were, he, he didn't know – none of them knew the questions ahead of time, so it wasn't like they had time to prep for him. But he, 
when he talked about the magic of music and and you know how it just comes together, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't recreate his answer if, if, if I tried. But I was really taken by that. I, I just thought, what an amazing insight. And then I bumped into him later that night, I think around two in the morning on, in the promenade, and he stopped me and we talked some more. I just I just I was just like I can't believe you know it's like I just want to pick his brain apart and you know yeah. find out all these interesting things and I you know just the nicest guy in the world so the whole band is well it, it, they really were and I can't I don't think anyone has ever gone so heartfelt with the podcast time machine question usually it's like oh I would go back and put some dog poop on my worst enemy's front porch you know I mean Terry Nunn just starts it off with going to the the, the whole room was crying. I I know I joked in that last podcast that I had to hand the mic off. That's not a joke. I'm like, I can't talk right now. It was rough, but it was a fantastic interview. I'm glad we got the chance to do it. <laughs> Stuck in the 80s is happy to have Bet Online as a sponsor these days. With no NBA, no NHL, no Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day, all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even the weather. Hey, it's sunny outside. How much did I win? Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50. Bet online. They're your online wagering experts. And we're back, and we thought we'd tell you a little bit more about our favorite parts of the 80s cruise. Brad, what was your favorite part? What was the thing that surprised you the most? Uh, you know what? I really liked the secondary. I can't even call it a secondary. The the second yes. venue, the Studio B. That was just a great a great venue for the kind of non main stage bands to play. It was a great venue for anybody to play. Um, it's as Steve said. It's on normal. If there is such a thing as a normal cruise anymore, on normal cruises, it's an ice skating rink, and they do ice skating shows and probably do magic and God only knows what happens down there. But they had that all floored over, and they're seating on three sides and the stage on the in the front. So you have a dance area for the hardcore. Or the you know those of us who maybe want to be a little more active during sets, and then you have seating where basically there's no you can see from everywhere. No one's head is in your way. Is just a really good yeah. venue, and because it is all basically on a giant sheet of ice, it's nice and cool in there. Yeah. So if you have if you've overheated somewhere else on the ship, which happens when you're on a boat in the Caribbean, you go down to Studio B, and it was just it was it was the perfect venue. I just lie down on the floor. Yeah, I thought I almost did a couple times. But I saw the motels there. I saw, oh, I saw Jesse's Girl at least once. Who else did I see down there? I saw a lot of bands down there. Um, oh, Taylor Dane. I heard Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Yeah, I heard yes. Taylor Dane. Although I was kind of busy talking to some people during the Taylor Dane set. Uh, but man, yeah. grief. What yeah, a voice. Yeah. Um, saw Katrina there. Saw a little bit of Bow Wow Wow. Right. I thought the coolest thing on the ship was so this class of Royal Caribbean ship has what they call a promenade. And it's basically like um well it's a promenade that goes right through the middle of the ship. And you actually have inside cabins that have views of the promenade. And so it's 
it's maybe, I don't know, five stories tall, and it's got little pubs and cafes and bars and shops. shops and, but what yeah. the 80s cruise people did was they they added signs from popular mall stores in the 80s all throughout the promenade. They turned yeah. it into an 80s mall. Yeah. And so you had Atomic Can shoes. It was there was a great. Blockbuster video. There was a merry-go-round. There was a Gap. Uh, yeah. It was clever. Orange Julius. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was well done. Well executed. The, the other big thing I thought, and I, I only went once. I don't know if it was more than once, but they call it silent disco. And it's oh God, it's so much fun. It's not new to the 80s cruise. But what happens is you go to a dance club. In this case, it was the last night of the cruise. And they give you a, a set of headphones you wear, like, you know, regular cans. And there's a little switch on the side where you can change the station of the music you're listening to. And there's, I think you only had two stations. Yeah, last year a couple times they had three, but this time they only had two. Yeah. It works out. It's fine. So you basically pick the music you want to listen to. And then everyone's kind of dancing around and singing. So if you, if you don't have headphones on, it's hilarious. It's <laughs> just, oh my gosh, there's nothing, there's nothing silent about silent disco because everyone is just wailing and you can't hear yourself singing because you have headphones on. So everyone's kind of like, choose a key, any key, doesn't matter. <laughs> and so I, you, if you're near it, you have to join it. You right. Just, you can't. Otherwise, your ears will break. So, so I'm there <laughs> with my girlfriend, who would also become my fiance on this cruise. But more on that later. And we look over. There's Brad and Katie, and they're dancing. And we, me and the fiance, we pick a different channel. So I think we were listening to disco music, which is kind of our thing. Yeah. <laughs> so we were doing all these disco moves, and I think you guys were listening to an '80s station. And then I think maybe you transitioned over and. Brad broke into his best Saturday Night Fever moves. It was oh my gosh, the look on Steve Spears' face when I came over and did the finger point, kind of in his like he thought you looked like I was going to smack in the face or something. He just had this like oh, it was amazing. Yeah, well, I, it was the last night of the cruise, and we had had three events that we had to do that day. We had um, the Jesse's Girl yeah. interview, which you'll hear in a couple weeks, which is another great right. interview. But we also had back to back trivia sessions, so I was like, like mentally gone. Two short trivia sessions, and which I've decided that the primary the primary goal for us in those trivia sessions was not to entertain, not to amuse. No, it was to unload swag. Yeah, I brought fifty pounds of swag on the trip, and I, oh my I, lord! Because I weighed it, I had a separate duffel bag that weighed fifty pounds when I checked it in on Delta. Oh my gosh! Or no, Eastern America. I don't remember. I I, I flew down there stupidly, and. It's on TWA. It's, it's, not, it's a whole other issue. But I weighed it 50 pounds. We had 50 pounds worth of stuff that we had to give away in a week. We barely got there. I mean, we were giving away everything. I think we may have given away stuff that I was supposed to keep. <laughs> At the end, it was like, do you remember in the old days on Wheel of Fortune where they had like, when you'd win, you'd go shopping in the little boutiques? Yes. That's what we were. That's what we were doing. It's like, come on down and pick something out of the stuck in the '80s boutique. Be like, oh, I'll take a bag and a pin and two of these bracelets. Yeah, great. It was fun. Put the rest on a gift certificate. <laughs> yeah, it was great. We had a good time. Yeah, but uh, you're right. We were. I was the same way. I just like, oh my gosh. We we hung in the silent disco for probably 40 minutes, and I just looked at Katie. I'm like, I'm running flat. I got to get some rest. Yeah, I was done. The um, the whole week started. If you've already listened to our on the ship podcast that we did they were real real short um but the whole week started with me getting engaged to the to my, my girlfriend who we don't have yet a nickname for 
we'll, we'll come up with one. I, I don't think future Mrs. Spearsy works. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't flow off the tongue like postal friendly bottle opener. So we'll. It doesn't speak to you. Yeah, we'll find something. But we we did get engaged, and so that that was an amazing night. And it was great being there all week and having people find out about it and come up to us and say, hey, you know, so happy for you guys. Because we had met last year on that cruise. So someone wants to tell you that the 80s cruise isn't special. <laughs> I'm a living example that it is. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. And then speaking of Katie, Not- didn't, didn't she have some sort of moment too with Cool and the Gang? Oh, my gosh. So Katie loves her, the Cool and the Gang, right? When they were on the cruise the first year, I seriously thought she was going to leave me to join the band. Like when they finished up their set, she went running down there to like shake their hands, try and get interviews and, or try and get autographs and stuff. So when they were announced as a replacement, I'm like, uh oh. Well, and as we mentioned on the shorter, uh, the shorter shows, they ended up staying on the boat longer than they had planned to, and they played an extra set for us. And Katie was down at the stage for the that second set. And you know how at that, you know, at some point in the in the set, the lead singer will like put the microphone down to someone's face and let them sing along the song. Yeah. And so. <laughs> The singer puts the microphone down to Katie, and she did something I've never seen anybody do ever at a concert. She puts up her hand and pushes the microphone <laughs> away like, oh, no, I'm not singing to this room full of people. And I just I thought it was so funny, and I kind of thought I was the only person who noticed it, but somebody else, I think it was Dean Draper, said, oh, yeah, I saw you do that. That was crazy. I've never <laughs> seen anybody do that. So funny. Yeah. So that was that was great. Katie had her but. fanboy moment with uh, Cool and the Gang. My fiance was was crushing on the Jets. That was her big band that she wanted to see so badly on the ship, and we ran into them everywhere. Yeah. And uh, they they did their own karaoke night. Their parents were on oh, the ship. Cool. They hung out with us. So it was it was really just surreal for her to to be that close to this band that she, you know, really loved when she was growing up. Right. You know what else I used to cherish when I was growing up. <laughs> The, the Seggies. <laughs> What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. It feels good to say that again. Mystery Movie Moment. Ah. Feels like I'm, oh, just, it's like a, just a big stretch, a podcast stretch. Back to our old friends. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, you should know the drill by now. We've been doing this for 15 effing years. Or I guess it'll be 15 years in July. But anyway. Not boasting, I'm just, yeah. just saying. Merely observing. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll play a snippet from a movie from the 80s. Enunciating really well today, because we're in self-quarantine for another week, aren't we? At least. Yeah, we don't get to talk too much to other people. So Yeah, this is it. <laughs> this is the highlight of my day. Uh, and if you get it right, you're entered into a contest. You're entered into a contest. You're entered into a drawing. It's not a contest. It's a sweepstakes. It's a double bluff. <laughs> For some swag, and I guess it's still going to be the postal-friendly bottle openers, is it not? Or are we almost out? Indeed it is. Oh, no, we've got plenty. Oh, you know what else I have, too? I have the drawstring backpacks with the Stuck in the 80s logo on them. So maybe we'll give some of those, oh, nice. give some of those away, too. It's gonna, it requires me going to the post office, though, so... <laughs> figure, Might be a little while. Figure that into the odds. <laughs> anyway... Uh, here was the uh, clip from the last time we did this, Seggy. I hate rednecks. You people are rednecks. It means I'm enjoying this shit. Yep, that's Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours. And pretty much everybody in the world was happy to email me within 48 hours to tell me that we'll be reading a lot of names this week. 
And they're right. Yeah. They were right. Yeah. It's not that many, really. That's not bad. <laughs> so, I like reading your names. <laughs> okay. So let's get started, Brad, in LA. Here we go. Winners this week include Chase in Ecuador, Greg in Ohio, James Crabtree in Indy, Dan in McDonough, Jesse Elgato Grande Smith, Brian in Columbus, Dave Cidio in Kansas City, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Carl, not the Rocky guy, Withers, Brian, I'm a wiener, Gibson, Kyle, I expect Brad to read this whole thing, Kay in Arkansas by way of Norman, Oklahoma, residing for a time in Illinois and also in Kansas, but now in Arkansas, the good part of Arkansas, not the bad part since 2001. <laughs> well, that's the last time we're doing that, Kyle. <laughs> Jumpin' Joe in Michigan. Mr. Whiskey. Israel D. Jane. Chip in Maryland. Mailman Jeff in Jacksonville. Wendy Maloney in South Carolina. Dave in Oxford. Alejandro Sticks. Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico. Alan Titus. East Coast Alex. And Greg and Kasimi. Kasemi. <laughs> Kasemi. Whatever. Kissemi. Oh, you gotta get used every to every time I call that guy in Kentucky that he lives in La, L.A. L.A. Town, Kentucky, whatever the heck that is, <laughs> I think I'm allowed to pronounce names however I want. Okay, you got a good point. Greg's not going to mind. He's a good guy. Uh, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. You, 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 you push it, stretch it. It'll never be enough. You kick at it, beat it. It'll never cover any of us. From the moment we enter crying to, to the moment we leave dying, it'll just cover your face as you wail and cry and scream. If you know it, email us at podcast at com. I don't know why I'm smiling so much. I just am. And tune in in a few weeks to find out if you're a winner. Because he's a happy guy. Happy guy. He's a happy guy. Happy guy. Ain't it great when things are going your way? Hey, hey. Hey, it's the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. We, again, have prepared a wafer-thin clip of a song from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the ginormous giveaway of a single item that is worth probably $2. Maybe. Maybe less. Mm, yeah. I don't know. No. We'll I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. I know the, the drawstring bags were not cheap. Anyway, pay attention. Here's the clip from last time we did this seggy. <laughs> That's Close My Eyes Forever by Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne. If I close my eyes forever, Lita was on the cruise. I didn't I didn't see her set though. Yeah, I didn't either. I had to make, you know, this is the the problem is you have these kind of like I hesitate to actually call it Sophie's Choice because it's not really that much <laughs> no. pressure, but you have to kind of pick and choose. Like, do I go see Lita Ford or do I go see um, who did we go see instead? Oh, we went and Katrina. See Katrina, yeah. And and I, you know what? I, maybe I should have gone to see Lita Ford to broaden my horizons a little bit, but I really wanted to see Katrina because I never got a full set with her two years ago. Yeah. So, yeah. If you if you organize it correctly, like what normally happens on the cruise is they they give you the schedule like a week or so ahead of time, and you can there's like 17 bands. There was there was this year, I don't right, know. and so you can kind of thread your way through it. Right. Like these are now I can see all the people yeah. that are important, but then the schedules got thrown into complete chaos right. on day two. So well, because five bands dropped out, like we've said before, the B B fifty twos, Midnight yeah. Star, Lover Boy, oh. Uh, I can't remember who. Brett Michael. Brett Michaels. And 
Somebody else. Uh, Dire Straits Legacy. Oh, Dire Straits Legacy. That's right. So, so they were replaced. The, the All Brad All Kazoo Band also dropped yeah. out. But the thing is, like everybody performs twice, so you do have a chance to see everyone. But you might have to sort of say, "Well, I could go see Stephen Brad do trivia, or I could see Lita Ford." But right, right. So people make choices. Anyway, uh, we got some winners. A lot of, now. I granted, a lot of people got this and got the movie right too. So I didn't write down everyone's name twice because I, I was in a hurry today. So I apologize. But oh, you're so nice. But some people do seem to get named twice, and that's fine. Yeah. I just read what he puts in there, folks. This is all on Steve. If you're mad that I didn't read your name twice, just email us at podcast at SIT80s.com. <laughs> okay, who are the winners then? Winners this week, Dana McDonough, Lou, Sweet Lou, Grilly, Jumpin' Joe in Michigan, Israel D. Jane, Carol the Retired Banker Jansen, Chip in Maryland, Bart Kopp from West Des Moines, Iowa, Rick Parker, Donnie Gettle rhymes with metal, Just Bill, DJ and Clinton, Becky the Rocker Pixie, and Dave Dirt, who writes... Well, I'd have to hang my head in shame and turn in my Metal Dude card if I didn't tell you that this week's song is, of course, Lita Ford and Ozzy Osbourne's Close My Eyes Forever. I don't necessarily have a story about this song in particular, but I do vividly I, yeah, 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 yeah. I do vividly remember an urban legend that I heard back when this first came out, that while they were making this song, they had a little bit of a fling. Story went that whilst in the... Really, Dave Dirt? Whilst in the midst? What Are we drinking tea, too? <laughs> Story went that whilst in the midst of the most carnal of acts, Ozzy's wife, Sharon, caught them. And for some reason, this pissed Oz off, and he bit a chunk out of Lita's breast. What? What? I Okay. No clue why he'd have done this, but hey, urban legends don't lie, do they? Maybe we should ask Rod Stewart for his opinion. This made me think of a PPTMN. What pre-internet urban legends do you remember? Well, I guess that means it's time for... Please, please tell me. So Dave Dirt wants to know about the pre-internet urban legends that we know about. I two come to mind for me. Uh, the first one is obviously Richard Gere and the Gerbil. Less yep. said about that, the better. Yeah, Google it; it is proven false. But the one that really f-ed me up, and it still does. I don't know if it's an urban legend, but it. When I was a kid, I was always told that if you go and you say the name Bloody Mary in front of a mirror three times that, you know, the corpse of a, of a, of a woman all bloodied up appears and like threatens you or kills you or something like that. And I'm telling you that screwed me up that's big a, time. And to this day, seriously, I still don't Steve, do that. That's a, like a tween girl sleepover thing. What is wrong with you, man? <laughs> I don't know. So many things. Where do I start? Fair but enough. it goes back hundreds of years. It goes back hundreds of years. It and, goes back to the invention uh, of mirrors. <laughs> yes. Well, and I understand after I read a little bit about it today that for it to actually work, you have to be holding a single candle, which I've never done, which is probably oh. what has kept me safe all these years. The so flashlights don't count, that. I guess. That's good. Well, no. just yeah. stay away so, from the candles. What, what about you, Brad? The one that came to mind was, of course, Richard Gere. But then the second one that just makes me laugh is cow tipping. Like, oh, we're going cow tipping. And, uh, you know. Growing up and or moving to California from Oklahoma, people are like, oh, did you ever go cow tipping? Uh, no. Let's be clear here, folks. <laughs> Cows are big and heavy, and if they feel you pushing on them, they will try to stay standing up, and they will probably win. 
when people say they're going cow tipping, what they mean is they're going to the quickie mart. They're going to buy as much three, two beers. They can fit in the trunk of their car. They're going to drive outside the city limits someplace dark, and they're going to turn up the car stereo and listen to music and drink all that three, two beer and pee all over the place. Okay. No one ever so I've been cow, cow tipping many times. <laughs> sure. You just didn't know to call <laughs> it that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. We should probably draw a winner before we continue on with this segment. I think that's a good idea. I know we're kind of breaking up the breaking things up a little today, but it's the fresh Caribbean Why don't you spin the wheel? Let's find out who won. Here we go. I'm going to spin it. It's a good one. Glad you still have some energy left. Looks and it looks like it's going to land on Bailman Jeff in Jacksonville. You were this week's winner. That's that's so appropriate that we would send you a postal friendly bottle opener. Yeah, can I send that inner office mail, or do I have to actually put a stamp on it? I, I definitely think I would like to see a photo of you in your postal outfit with the postal-friendly bottle opener. That would be great. Oh, my gosh. That would be so, amazing. A- if, you, if you could work Mr. Zip into the picture, too. Oh, oh my God. Okay, so we did have another PPTMN. This one comes from our old friend uh, Alejandro Cordoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico. And he writes... Uh, dear Steve and Brad, Steve, you were part of a band in the 80s, the dream that all of us stuck in the 80s fans. Uh, yes, I was. It was called Epic Trash. Uh, we were together for, I don't know, four years. Is it true that ECP reached out to you to fill one of the slots? <laughs> no. I mean, we're we're about as likely to reunite as the Smiths are at this point. Bands reunited, Epic Trash. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, uh, let's see. Alejandro continues, I have the same dream. And I've even come up with a name for my band. He gives us, he gives us the acronym, which I'm not going to say because it's actually easier for me to read it in Spanish, which he's provided us, That's than thoughtful. it would be for me to read the acronym. So his name is Alejandro Cordoso Solis y su Ángeles Dorados del Rock and Roll. In English, that would be Alejandro's Cordoso Solis and his Rock and Roll Golden Angels. That's good. Good name. Yeah. So, so Brad, he wants to know, please, please tell me now, what would be the name of your fictional band that you were in and please ask the rest of stuck in these fans for their answers thank you uh forever stuck in the 80s alejandro so brad so uh, i may have mentioned this on the show i keep a huge list of fake band names on my phone like this is just one of the things when i hear something i'm like oh yeah it's just kind of a, a joke i will throw in there oh yeah i think i saw them open for van halen once um and, and in fact i got a couple from somebody on the bus to the cruise this last week describing the cruise pre-party and those were wheelchair pileup and nuclear locomotive. <laughs> oh, I remember wheelchair pileup because there was one. At the- he was just like, oh, my gosh, these people come out of the gate as fast as they possibly can. He's just like, they're going like a nuclear locomotive. I'm like, nuclear locomotive. All right. So, But as for me, my personal band names... You know, my if I had just like a bar band, like you know, playing rock and roll, a little bluesy kind of rock and roll, that's obviously the name of that band would be Sourdough Brad. <laughs> and then I have a, a solo side project that's like kind of acoustic country, and that's Wheat Brad. Oh, that's nice. good. More fiber. And then if I can name. ever, if I can ever, if I can ever recruit a horn line, so I can have like a funk band, then that band is obviously going to be Rhythm Hospital. That's good. I like that. So what do you got, listeners? What do you got, listeners? Send in your band names. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at 
podcast at sat80s.com. And tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Calgon, take me away! Indulge yourself in Calgon luxury. Let Calgon soften and pamper you. It's like no other bath experience. It's paradise. Calgon, lose yourself in luxury. Sex. And we're back, and we now have the lineup for the 2021 Voyage of the 80s Cruise. Brad, do you have enough left? Are you ready? That's right, boys and girls. 2021, The Human League, 38 Special, Belinda Carlisle, Berlin, Morris Day in the Time, ABC, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, Modern English, Jack Russell's Great White, Dire Straits Legacy, A Flock of Seagulls, The Alarm, Sugar Hill Gang, John Parr, and Johnny Hates Jazz. Tribute bands Jesse's Girl and Trial by Fire also return, along with the addition of Strange Love, a Depeche Mode tribute act. Also, in addition to the two trivia nerds, MTV original VJs Nina Blackwood, Mark Goodman, and Alan Hunter will return. Good lineup. I've seen... Yeah. I've seen... There's a few bands here I haven't seen. I haven't seen Dire Straits Legacy. haven't seen John Cafferty... The Alarm, Sugar Hill Gang, Johnny Parr, Johnny Hates Jazz. So there's there's a good half dozen, ten bands here I've never seen, so that's good. Yeah, I and mean, I think all of us here at Stuck in the 80s World Headquarters kind of realize suddenly that we should be paying a little bit more attention to Dire Straits Legacy when we realize that Trevor Horn is playing bass for them. Isn't that incredible? <laughs> like, right. oh my gosh, wait a minute. On our list for interviews for 2021, so stay tuned. Actually, yeah, for 2020. We're not going to wait all the way to 2021. This thing's going to sell out soon, which, which reminds me, open booking for the 2021 cruise has already begun. It began just a few days ago. If you've never been on an 80s cruise, then Stuck in the 80s has a special promo code for you. This works for only this only works for first time cruisers. So we'll make that real clear. If you've been on the cruise before, you get previous guest pricing, which is which is a better deal than this. This is just for first timers, and there was a ton of first timers on the on the ship this year. Yeah, yeah, no, that so was great. You get two hundred dollars cabin credit if you use the promo code stuck when you book. Now you must use the promo code at the time you book. You can't like book and then call them a week later and say, oh, that's right, I had a promo code. That doesn't, it's not going to work. And you have to be a first-time guest. I, every year we have this problem where someone says, oh, you know, I want to use it retroactively. Or it doesn't, I've been on every cruise and this promo code doesn't work. Well, I'm making it very clear. You have to do it at booking and you have to be a first-time guest. Uh, I'm, I'm spent. You know, I, I kind of like the idea that we're self-quarantined for another 10 days or so because I could frankly use the rest. I hear you, my brother. I hear you. I'm, both my kids are on their way home in the next few days, so I'm going to have – it's going to be like snow day around here. Uh, hey, that's all we have for this week. Don't forget to go to Bet Online and use that promo code to get that special welcome bonus. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, remember, with us and with Berlin, the masquerade's forever because we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Boom. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.
Take my breath away. Recording. Please, for the love of God, take your breath away. Yikes. There you go. There's your outtake.